0: Sex is a great thing, sex is something that you should enjoy and you should take the time to figure out like what you like and what you don't like because it's a very important piece of the overall like wellness puzzle.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Katie Delbao. I am the host of this podcast called Let It Out with me. And thank you so much for listening. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in a while, even though I must have because this podcast comes out every single week on Wednesday. But it's the week after Thanksgiving, and I don't think in the last episode I told you how grateful I am for you. And happy Thanksgiving. This time of year is just an excuse to say... That we're grateful even more. And I hope I say it every week. I should be saying it every week. I am so grateful for this podcast that I get to meet all of you guys who listen. And thank you so much for listening. Those of you who have been listening for a long time, since the beginning, maybe. I started this podcast in 2013. Can you believe that? That was pre serial. That was before anyone knew what podcasts were. And somehow I had one. So thank you if you've been listening that long. Wow. And if you're new, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you. That's fantastic as well. There's a Facebook group where you guys can all meet each other and me. So if you want to join that, the link is in the show notes. But anyway, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for supporting the show, for listening to the show, for sharing it with your friends, for leaving reviews on iTunes. I read every single one of them. They help so much to help more people find the show so I can keep doing it. I'm just trying to give you a big hug of gratitude right now and I hope you're feeling it because this podcast has given me so much. I will be eternally grateful for it. I've met my fantastic I've said fantastic like eight times but I'm not gonna re-record this because I have to pack you guys. I have to pack because I'm going to Hawaii. when you're hearing this, I will actually be in the air. I'm flying to LA in just a couple hours. I'm gonna be there for a couple days shooting some videos with my friends. From Soulfeed, Feed, do you guys listen to the Soul Feed podcast? My friends Alex and Shannon are doing this really cool thing and I am making some videos with them. So those will have already happened because you're hearing this in the future of when I'm recording it. However, after we record the videos, after I hang out in LA for a couple days, then when you're actually hearing this, you hear it the second it comes out, Wednesday, I am in the air flying to Hawaii. I'm going to a Ramdas retreat. Do you guys remember Valerie Cheney? My friend, very very cool woman, friend of the podcast. She's going to come back on the podcast because that was one of your favorite episodes. Everybody tells me all the time, and I don't blame you. Val is really really the coolest. Anyway, we are going to be at this Ramdas retreat in Hawaii, and I've never been to Hawaii. I've never been anywhere tropical before. And honestly, I haven't taken like a real vacation in a very long time. Usually I'm I'm traveling, but it's kind of you know, seeing people and kind of work stuff and recording live podcasts, which, you know, is a vacation. I kind of feel like I'm on a life vacation or that's the goal, at least. Anyway, the point is I will be on a real legit vacation by the time you're hearing this. So I'm so grateful for that. Speaking of gratitude, and I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. But the thing I'm most grateful for back to this podcast, I am most grateful for this podcast for you guys listening. Those of you who stay to those really rambly outros that I do. Those of you who put up with me doing these rambly intros that I should just type out what I'm going to say so I don't have to go all over the place, but I don't. I just want it to be raw and real and like I was having a conversation with you on the phone. So that's what I'm doing. I'm also very grateful for the people I get to talk to in the guests like today's. Today's guest is Mika Hollander. She is the founder and the CEO of Sustain, my favorite condom company. And Their products are amazing. I use them. I used them just a couple days ago. They're fantastic. Everybody was very happy with them. But here's the thing. They are the best. You're going to hear all about why in a moment. But she's also great because she's doing so many things to promote sexual health and women's health. And that's so important right now for obvious reasons. And It just always is. Practicing safe sex is really crucial. And you're going to hear more about that in this interview with her. And just, it's not all about safe sex. It's not all about condoms. She's a very, very smart business person and businesswoman, and just woman in general. So you'll hear all about that as well. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation, so I'm gonna get right to it. If you wanna support the show, share it, leave a review. You can donate even if you want. One more thing, you guys, I made a little gift guide. I just thought it would be fun. So we kind of curated, we meaning myself and Amanda, amazing show producer, so grateful for Amanda. She helped me put it together. And it's just kind of my greatest hits, favorites of the year, things that I've loved that I thought might be good gifts or that you just might want to gift to yourself. All right. Love you guys. Here's the interview. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast, Mika. Like I said, I'm just so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this this is going to be a blast. So I guess I'd really like to just start off talking about your journey to starting Sustain. Have you always been interested in women's reproductive health? And can you just kind of take us into that?
0: Yeah, um... I have always been interested in women's reproductive health, and I think, you know, starting Sustain was a culmination of a lot of different things that I'd done in my life, but it really came about um, for a couple reasons. One, my family started the natural products company, Seventh Generation, um, about 30 years ago, and so I really grew up in this natural products world. And I thought every company was always doing the right thing (laughs) and being careful about what they were putting in their products. Um, that's not the case, but I thought that that was. And so I really, you know, my whole life sort of grew up thinking those things and under those beliefs. And, um, about 10 years ago, we actually decided to launch a organic cotton feminine care line. So tampons and pads and that's when we started working with organizations like the Ovarian Cancer Research Fund. And I got more interested in women's reproductive health, um, specifically thinking about like, what is going inside of our body um, based on the products we're using. So then flash forward um, more years, my dad left seventh generation and approached me with this idea of starting a sustainable condom company and I thought that was really interesting. But um, what really interested me more was how women feel about condoms and buying and carrying condoms and sexual health and, like, sort of the implications around what it means about a woman who buys and carries condoms. And, you know, traditionally it's been sort of a negative stigma. So I really wanted to not only create a brand that made the safest, healthiest sexual wellness products, but really also talking to women and trying to break down a lot of these stereotypes and stigmas around women and sex and safe
1: sex yeah which is just so cool i i'm just so happy that sustain exists and i can't (laughs) see myself buying any other condom it just is so it's so cool that you guys market to women it's it's so cool i want to get into all of that but i want to pick up a little bit more on your story so Growing up, seeing your family have this business, did you know that you wanted to do something with business growing up? Did you study business in school? What did you study in school?
0: Yeah, I did. I I, I went back to business school. I mean, when I graduated from college, I spent a couple years working at a big agency, working with Fortune 500 companies, and, you know, was kind of discouraged by what they were doing and the types of things that they were putting in their products. So I went back to school, to business school at NYU and started thinking about, I took sort of like a medium step where I was like, okay, maybe I can make work for a really big company, but work on their sustainability team and influence some positive change. And then I really, I did that um, for a summer and found that actually, no, like, you know, I think the real way to start and create innovation is to start your own business. So I it sort of took me a little bit I didn't like grow up being like I'm always gonna be an entrepreneur. I actually think being an entrepreneur is like a very unique thing and it's extremely challenging and I'm not sure, you know, I, I had a very lucky situation where I had an amazing business partner, aka my dad, join me on this journey. Um, but you know, when when the opportunity came about and I yes, I had studied business and, and really gone through like how do we create businesses that actually leave the world better off than they found it. And I really struggled with finding big companies to work for that I felt did that. So um it ended up leading me
1: to starting sustain. It's so cool. It's so funny how you know, our trajectories and our the things that we do growing up or that we see in our families or in school can impact what we end up doing in our lives, even though we might not have known the exact path that would have come, like your dad coming to you with this idea.
0: Oh, yes. I did not grow up thinking I was going to be running a condom company. That is for sure. With your
1: dad, yeah.
0: With my dad, exactly.
1: (laughs) So exactly. take us back to the moment when – your dad came to you with that idea. I think I read somewhere that growing up, you grew up in a house where your father and your family in general were really open talking about sexual health. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I mean, what I talk about a lot, and I think, um, you know, people sometimes are like, oh, you talk to your parents about sex, and it's like, actually, no, not specifically, but yes, you know, we, my parents were incredible in that they created a really open and honest sort of like dialogue between us and them and I think what happens is you know my parents and my dad specifically if I was dating somebody was like do you feel good about yourself like why do you like this person like you know wasn't it wasn't a transactional thing like okay are you gonna have sex like here's the condom good luck Mm -hmm. it was very like You know, it was natural so that when I was thinking about going on birth control, I wanted to talk to my mom about it because I think that a lot of parents, actually most parents have these conversations like once, maybe twice with their kids. And it's so much more than that. It's so much more about creating an environment where your kids don't feel like scared to come to you when they are interested in doing something or have done something Um, And so because my parents created this really unique environment where we felt like we could trust them, you know, they were obviously our parents, but if I was at a party and I was uncomfortable or there was something going on, like I felt like I could always call my dad and that he would help me out and help other people out versus like just freak out. And so I think that was sort of like the bigger picture of talking about safe sex um, in our household. But I think it's really because there's such limited and oftentimes miseducation in the classroom when it comes to sexual health um, and with, you know, porn and all of that. I think it's so important that parents really take it upon themselves to facilitate these conversations with their kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, since I was going to ask you this later, but since you brought that up and I know it's something that needs to be talked about more and more is the sexual health education in this country and just in general. I I recently watched, was it John Oliver? Has this, um, yeah, yeah, this like segment about it and it just really like blows your mind of how, how crazy it is because for, for so many people and, and I was one of these people, sex just wasn't talked about in my family growing up. It just like wasn't discussed at all and so sexual education was the only time that I got discussions on that or with my friends or, you know, now people have the internet. And so where do you see either Sustain's role in that or like, where would you like that to be? And just as someone who's in this dialogue about sexual health on a day-to-day basis because of your company, because of your job, what are some things that you would like to see in that system, ideally?
0: Well, I think, you know, I think that, Because we still live in a country where um, I forget the exact number, but it's around 10, if not a little bit higher, you know, states require abstinence education. Um, And what you see in those states is actually higher teen birth rates and higher teen pregnancy rates. So I think, you know, I believe that teaching abstinence only is actually to a lot of most people's detriment in terms of like Sex is actually a healthy, natural thing. It's going to happen, and so we need to talk to kids about how to be safe, versus like trying to shame them away from it or forbid it. Um, I feel like, you know, the role that I like to use and play with um, with sustain is like having these open conversations. So last week, you know, I went to Washington Square Park in New York, and I filmed a video talking to guys about what they thought of girls who carried condoms, and I talked to a lot of college students, and you know, there's this conception out there that if a woman carries condoms, it's actually gonna be a negative thing. Um, And girls say like, oh, I don't wanna be seen as that girl, like, I don't plan to have casual sex. But the reality is that guys actually really appreciate it, and then they see it as a positive thing, it means that she's confident, it means that she's in control, it means that she takes her health seriously. So part of what I want to do is sustain is have those conversations and help to change these very long-standing stereotypes and sort of misconceptions.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I, and this is probably speaks to, you know, where I'm at with my feminism, buying, I've never bought condoms that aren't sustained before and i it would feel like a totally different thing. I guess it really speaks to your marketing and you guys, I'm so grateful you sent me the most amazing package and this Mm. really cute little thing that says unzip me and it's full of so many condoms. And I was like, I said in my Snapchat, I was like, I'm going to use these as soon as I possibly can. (laughs) And I was like, this is so cute. These are, these are so cute. I want to like show them off because I love the packaging and they're so beautiful. And all other condoms, I'm just like, well gross, like I just don't even as terrible yeah. as that you know, before sustain existed, I guess it would just be it would it's all that would be there, I guess, but it's just they're just so not my style. And I think that's so beautiful that you've created a product that speaks to women, that's something that they actually want to carry as like an accessory. And I think that is just so amazing that you're branding is for women and you're marketing to women. So can you talk about that conversation with your business partner, with your dad and the people that you work with? Was that something that was really important to you? How did that come to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, that was really important to us in creating Sustain. I think that just exactly like everything you're saying and describing is like what we aimed and intended for. And so Yay, that's good really job.
1: <laughs> exciting.
0: But yeah, I mean, the, the point was like, Women feel great about buying skincare and about buying all these other products that make them feel good and that they use to take care of their body. So, why shouldn't they have that same experience when they're buying condoms? They're doing something proactive, they're being smart, they're being prepared. Like, why don't you create a product that they actually want to buy and also carry? Um, So, that's exactly what we intended to do with the packaging. And I'm so happy that it's coming through um, because I think that's really important. I think that, you know, aside from the like, reality of like our products it's on a store shelf next to trojan and and we need women in particular to want to pick that up over some other interesting looking box um (laughs) we also want you to feel good when you're carrying it we i mean i'm all i like made a joke one time about like having selfie worthy condoms but it's like not you know it's not really a joke it's why you know Set aside the like stereotype and uncomfortability that women would have taking a photo of a condom, but like create something beautiful enough that they would want to.
1: Yeah, great Instagram experience for your brand. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's really Hope important. That
0: everybody listening wants to just snap a photo with a sustained condom and post it. Totally.
1: Yeah. We'll send you one of those cute
0: unzip me pouches. It's so
1: two. cute. I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. It's like my favorite thing I own right now. <sighs> that so is awesome. Other than carrying sustain and the cute little pouch, what advice do you have for women in their 20s and 30s, primarily that listen to this podcast and of all ages, really, um, to be more sexually free and open and confident?
0: Well, that's a big question. (laughs) I will stick with the sort of health-oriented side. I mean, I think, you know, one thing that we as women have been taught For a very long time, not so much anymore, thankfully, but you know, sex isn't something we're supposed to enjoy, and you're only supposed to have sex once you're married. I mean, they were still teaching that in the 1950s. So it's just really important for women to understand that, like, sex is a great thing, sex is something that you should enjoy, and you should take the time to figure out, like, what you like and what you don't like because it's a very important piece of the overall, like, wellness puzzle. And when it comes to your health, um, it really sort of blows my mind in in a not good way how many peers and people I come into contact with, women in particular, who are still really, like, putting their sexual health at risk. So whether you're 18 or you're 32 and you're, you know, out there, like, single, like, I just think it's so important. And I think that women don't always think through, like, getting an STD or having an unplanned pregnancy can really change your life, not always for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't think uh, we do enough good enough job as women sort of having those conversations and accepting that reality. I'm, I'm always very, I mean, I'm not as surprised anymore because obviously I talk to people about this stuff every day, but it's, it's, it's amazing to me when I'm like, okay, like you've gotten this great job. You have your, you know, you're, Apartment, like, you feel really good, you're out there, you're dating, and then you're just like, okay, well, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter if I get an STD. Um, And I just think people assume that you can just take an antibiotic or it will just go away. And unfortunately, that's not really the case all the time. Um, And so as much as I don't want to be running around with, like, STD statistics smacked on my forehead, sometimes I feel like I need to. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it can seem really scary. And whenever something seems scary, it's hard to be open and confident and relaxed. I know that that's the case for me. So I think if you're smart and you're prepared and you're protected, you can be more present and relaxed and enjoy it and therefore have a more pleasurable experience. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say, I guess?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know anybody who has like woken up the next morning and been like, thank God I didn't use a condom last night.
1: Yeah, (laughs) That's not usually like the vibe. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So we've talked a lot about the condoms, but Sustain is a personal care brand and you guys also have lubricants and these really cool that I also got after sex wipes. So can you talk a little bit about those and then I want to know what makes your lubricants different and compared to like what's in most lubricants because that like blew my mind
0: yeah I mean so I think we decided to really become a sexual a female focused sexual wellness brand with products for before during and after sex Um, we have some more products coming out this fall which I'm really excited about to fill out our portfolio Um, but we started with the you know organic lubricant as our second product after our condoms and the lubricants are, you know, in a way my favorite product because, which probably sounds weird if you're listening to this, like, Oh (laughs) yeah, I just love organic lubricant. I didn't use (laughs) lubricant before we created a lubricant, but, um, I think the thing about lubricants that's so important is that traditional lubricants, which are like filled with petroleum and silicone and parabens and glycerin, Um, you know, things that we've heard to not use on our skin. Then now, you know, most brands are selling lubricants. And this is something that goes inside your body. And the really scary thing and the thing that really like bothered me and why we got into the lubricant business was actually when you're using these traditional lubricants, it can cause a lot of cell tissue damage in your vagina and make you more susceptible over time to contracting and transmitting STDs and HIV. And so it's like, On the one hand, lube is great and it's supposed to heighten your sex experience and a lot of women experience vaginal dryness and they need to use lube, but they should definitely not be using a product that's actually like potentially causing more damage than it is good. Um, So we created an organic water-based, water and aloe-based lubricant, um, which has none of those nasty things in it. And um, works really well. And so additionally, we created, as you mentioned, the post play after sex wipes, which is actually a favorite product among a lot of people um, because the category didn't really exist. So people were like relying on, we did a poll, I forget, like bleach stained towels, t-shirts, like always having to get in the shower. Um, There's a lot of funny stories that we collected about what people use to clean up after sex but we were like let's just create a natural cotton wipe um, so yeah we want to you know provide all the products that women need for all parts of the sex experience and condoms are just one part of that
1: that's really cool I recently learned when I, I was at a training that the cells in our vagina are the most porous areas. So that's why it's so important to not only use, obviously, organic products like sustain with sex, but with using organic cotton personal care items as well, because that can be really damaging for women.
0: Yeah. And actually, if you're using silicone in particular, um, which a lot of women are for vaginal dryness, it can actually it over overprodu- it makes your body overproduce moisture and so then it can actually cause more long-term
1: dryness yikes counterproductive
0: that so, is
1: for sure yeah so i saw that you recently went to the united States um of women conference is am i saying that right it was yeah a recent thing how was that what was that experience like for you it was really amazing. <laughs> it's funny, I, you know,
0: I was talking to somebody about it. And I think that it what was sort of interesting, and maybe this is a little controversial was like, having Obama and Joe Biden, um, as men speak at that conference was, in a way for me, like, even more powerful, because I feel like being in the space and not like think so grateful that I meet so many amazing women all the time like Cecile Richards and Wendy Davis and all these like amazing reproductive heroes. Um, it's so important and amazing to have men acknowledge that these are real mm-hmm. issues, whether it's violence against women or reproductive rights um, or just general gender equality. You know, obviously there were incredible women speaking at the conference and it was so inspiring, but it was also really important to have men part of that conversation because I I do not believe that much can change without getting both sides of the party to the table. So it was great. It was amazing. I feel like so lucky that I was invited and um, it was pretty cool to have the president of our country, although not for much longer. Um, you know get up there and say like I have a wife and two daughters like my family is made up of women and I get it and you you know this is important and let's create some change
1: yeah oh that's that's way cool he's so cool I've never felt so connected to a president before and he can he kind of seems like you know like a cool uncle or something, you know, when he, when he yeah. like speaks, you, you can connect with him so much. And so I'm, I'm getting nostalgic already for him being out of office.
0: Yeah. Also like, you know, I, there's been a lot of, um, sexual assault, obviously that's been happening and getting a lot more attention over the last few years. And, it's something that I just wanted to always learn more about and I, I wanted to figure out the right way for myself and also the brand to really take a stand and something that Joe, Joe Biden's been fighting for um, to end violence against women and sexual assault for a long time, which I didn't even know to what extent until hearing him talk and he just said, you know, until there's no longer a case where a woman gets raped where the first thing she asks is, you know, what did I do? Mm. We won't have succeeded. And I thought, you know, that's just, I mean, it's incredibly important for sexual assault and just in general. I think, um, like, apparently like a woman, like 96% six of women experience some sort of shame every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody told me that last week. And, and it's just so true and we have so much work to do and I think, you know, there's a lot of awesome women and men out there. Um, creating change um on this front but there's definitely a lot more to do
1: yeah yeah no that's great and I really like the point you're making about I think in every social movement you need people from outside of that group you know like the in the race movement you know you need people of different races working on the same cause or you know the fat acceptance movement needs people that are not in that community and the feminist movement needs men supporters. I think it's about everyone coming together to support a cause and I think that's that's really great. Yeah. And cool that you were able to be there. So, I want to dive into you a little bit more as a businesswoman and a young CEO of a company and someone that does this amazing work that you do. So, I would love to know, you know, as a feminist, how do you define your particular feminism?
0: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for me... Um, or
1: today, at least.
0: <laughs> how do I define my particular feminism? I mean, my my particular feminism is very interrelated to sort of sexual and reproductive health and rights. I am very, very, you know, the thing that I care about and fight for the most is just like, I really feel so strongly about women having the right to choose if and when they have children. And so for me, like, the very existence of a society where men are making laws and rules around a woman's body um, is so anti-feminism for me. And I feel like until we live in a world where that's not the case, like, you know, we'll still have a lot more to do. Um, Everything that's going on and has been going on with Planned Parenthood and all of, you know, now there's this whole um, case in Texas around there's all these fake abortion clinics giving out misinformation. It's just like politicians playing poker with women's bodies. And I just feel so strongly that women need to stand up and 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 realize that like everything from voting in the next election to speaking up is so important because a lot of women's health is on the line um and sometimes we don't feel it you know i live in new york city um i had can access abortion if i need to but a lot of millions of women in this country um don't live in those situations
1: yeah yeah so another thing that we touched on a little bit, but that I wanted to get back to asking you, what steps do you think need to be taken or can be taken to help fix the stigma of STDs in our society? And what do you think some of the most important things are in regards to safe sex and awareness around that?
0: I think honestly, it's and, and I uh, probably said this already a little bit, it starts with just having open conversation. I think the reason there is a stigma with sexual health and STDs, particularly among women, is because there's a stigma with a woman who has sex at the end of the day still um, for a lot of people. So I think that if we can start to accept women as sexually active human beings, all of this other stuff will fall into place. And I feel like having open and honest and real conversations and education about sex um, is really the key to addressing things like STDs. I mean, I think, look at dating apps. Like, such a perfect example of something that I think, in, in my opinion, is, you know, for the most part a good thing. Like, allowing people, and women in particular, to be out there dating, like, making the first move, like, changing those sort of, like, gender stereotypes. Yet we're experiencing a huge rise in STDs corresponding with that. And um, that's because people don't want to talk about sex. They're happy to talk about dating. I mean, we've talked to plenty of dating apps in terms of partnering with them. And all they say is, well, you know, we're not like here to like enable people to have sex. We're, and, it, and so it's just like they're blatantly ignoring a reality. And because of that, we see all these bad outcomes.
1: Yeah. Why do you think people avoid sexual health discussions or talking about sex so, so much? And why is it so uncomfortable for people?
0: I don't know. I mean, I think it's just, it's such an interesting thing, too, because on the one hand, in the media, women are hypersexualized. And whether it's music or TV or movies, like, women are sexual objects, and sex is everywhere, But then in real life, that's not, it's not supposed to be like that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's such dramatic extremes. And I think that women are just trying to figure out, like, where they should be. Um, And I think that it's confusing. I mean, you know, somebody came up to me um, when I was speaking a couple weeks ago and was like, how, you know, how are you so comfortable talking to your boyfriend about birth control and using condoms instead of being on the pill and this and that? Um and I was like you know what I'm not always comfortable it's not like I look forward to those conversations I think you know I'm much better and more comfortable with them than I was 5 or 6 years ago but I think it's you know it's just reality like our society is very male oriented and women especially in the bedroom are still sort of taught to be there for them
1: mm-hmm. and I think
0: that's why when it comes to talking about women and sex people kind of get uncomfortable because it's like not what's supposed to be happening
1: yeah oh wow that's so interesting to look at it that way because yeah I think you women think that they're going to be judged by doing something different than the norm you know with whether it's not being on the birth control pill and choosing to use condoms or you know doing something with their the way that their pubic hair is, or shaving right. their legs, or not shaving their legs, like, or whatever. I think there's so much stigma out there around those things because they're not normative for women. And I've never really thought about it that way. Or those conversations yeah. are difficult to have because they fear judgment, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting. So. What is the legacy that you would like to leave behind in your work and in your life and with sustain and, and just in general? Oh. <sighs> Sorry I make that noise. Such like, big, questions. I, big questions. I know. I would mean, make that noise too.
0: <laughs> I mean there's, you know, with sustain, um I am every day I'm fighting not only to keep my business growing and alive but selling condoms and sexual wellness products is really hard and um whether it's like not being allowed to advertise on Facebook or you know getting pulled, no well it depends I Mm. mean there's you know there's a lot of words that you can't use on Facebook Mm. um so yeah no we can't you know do some advertising on Facebook that's an accurate statement same thing with Google um so whether it's that or it's like getting pulled from a speaking event because somebody, you know, who's putting or else is speaking or putting the event together realizes the type of products I sell. I mean, it's definitely an uphill battle because I think for anybody selling a sort of taboo product, that's the case. Um, my friend, Mickey, who runs Thinks Underwear, the period underwear company I know faces a lot of that too. And so I think from a business standpoint and just sustain and, In the world, like I just hope to make it easier for whoever comes after me, because I really don't think that without normalizing these types of products, like if you can't even like grow your business to get your products accessible to women everywhere, like how is anything going to change? So I'm hoping to just sort of break down a lot of these barriers so that everybody who comes after me isn't scared to create a taboo product um, that ultimately is just protecting and helping women. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I'm, I'm putting myself out there in a way that I didn't realize I would need to when I started the business. Um, my dad always said to me in the beginning, like, you have so much courage to do this. And I didn't really understand what he meant, but I understand it now Mm -hmm. and I understand it every day because, you know, being an entrepreneur and starting a business, um, is really hard. And I think um, something that I was talking to with a friend last week who's also an entrepreneur was like you kind of need to almost have like an altruistic element to what you're doing. I feel like no matter what happens to my business, I am bringing something good into the world every single day and helping women Mm -hmm. feel comfortable taking control of their sexual health. And I think that is you know, important for anybody who's starting a business.
1: Mm, I love that. I just, like, can't stop smiling. It makes me Ugh. just, like, love the brand even more. So what has it been like working with your dad and with your family to keep your both professional and personal relationships strong and healthy?
0: It's It's been, you know, we, something that I, like, really value is that in the beginning, we put in a lot of effort and energy in time into figuring out our working relationship. Um, and that was really important. So it's not, you know, working with family is definitely interesting. Starting a business with a, a family member um, is even more interesting, I would argue. But we really spent a lot of time in the beginning just like boundaries and like how we want to communicate and who's in charge of what and just sort of like put a lot of systems in place where I feel like now, um, you know, we've launched the business. It'll be almost two years on July 15th. It will be two years.
1: Yay. Hey, um, happy birthday, uh, day Almost. I know it's like really <laughs> soon
0: and I like need to put it on my calendar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that like that was really helpful. He's also, you know, um, he's so wise. He's done this before. I learned so much from him and I feel really lucky about that.
1: Yeah. It seems like since you have very, since you're from very different generations, you have different strengths. Is that, is that That true? So you're able to divide the roles more clearly? True and fair.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're, we're both we're both learning um you know starting a business today is very different than when he started seventh generation almost 30 years ago and he knows a lot about a lot and I know a little about a little (laughs) yeah so we're yeah it's definitely a big collaborative effort
1: yeah so another thing I think that's unique about you you're you're really the the face of the brand to me and you were also, you're very young and you were very young, I think you were 26 when you um, started the the company. So what was that like being in such a leadership role as an entrepreneur so young and as a woman, did you find, um, was that a challenge for you? Was that a um, pro for you? Was that something that was, made things easier or more challenging probably a little bit of both could you just talk about that a little bit
0: yeah I mean I think men or male or female it probably would have been the same but for me um yeah it was challenging I mean I had a business partner who'd been you know successfully had run and sold many businesses and I was very uncomfortable um just in terms of like which I didn't even know when we started working on this. I didn't acknowledge what it was, but I was very defensive um, because I didn't want to ask questions and I didn't want to seem like I didn't know what I was doing, even though I didn't, and I still don't plenty of the time. Um, You know, whereas now I'm like, I have no idea how to do this. Like, who should I talk to? Like, how do I figure this out? Um, Going to my dad as a partner and also as my dad sometimes versus before when I was just like, I need to figure everything else out on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a lot. But, you know, people also are always like, you know, as a young woman raising money and this and that, was it so hard because you were female? And honestly, like, I'm not hiding behind anything. Like, I was with my dad, who's a lot older and very successful, and it made a lot of that easier. Um, So I don't feel like I experienced some of the stuff that a lot of my peers and friends have on that front.
1: Yeah, what ha- what do your friends and family outside of your dad think of your success and the success of sustain? Um,
0: it's I don't know. If, <laughs> let's not call it success yet, but maybe it ha- it is. Um, it definitely it, is.
1: I, it, you've got it, a fangirl, so <laughs> I think
0: that yeah. I mean, I think the most exciting thing for me is just seeing so many people and peers and friends just be like what you're doing is so important, um, you know, forget the products, which are amazing and everybody should go use them and buy them. Um, but just what you're doing is, is really different and really important. And that's what makes me feel good. I mean, I obviously love when we have a good month of sales, but I care so much more when I get like emails. I mean, I get emails from women, like all the time from all over the world. Like, just saying how you know impacted they are by what I was doing, or telling me their story about you know an STD or an unplanned pregnancy or or their first experience buying condoms, and like that's the stuff that makes me really happy and makes me feel like everything has been
1: worth it. Mm, that's so cool. So, with um, thinking about your life right now, with in work and out of work what are you most excited about right now in your life I am ha- very
0: excited about my relationship I am feel you know I I read so many interviews with like entrepreneurs growing up and and still do and I was you know it's it's a challenging thing and there's a lot of ups and downs and so I feel really really lucky to have found someone who is so supportive and so excited about the business and excited about just supporting me um, and dealing with my ups and downs (laughs) around Mm. the business. Um, And I'm excited about Sustain. I mean, I am, you know, what is exciting? There's so much good, cool stuff. I love talking to people like you. I love just being out there. I'm doing a lot more speaking um, in the next like six months and that's really exciting to me because I just love connecting with people and hearing their stories and hearing, you know, it's, it goes back to that whole idea of like breaking down barriers. Like the fact that now I can like be keynoting a conference and the topic is sexual health is just like, I really don't think something that would have happened two years ago. So that's stuff that I'm really think is really cool.
1: That's so cool. So, how did you and your partner meet? Have you guys been together for a long time? We
0: we haven't. It's been about a year and a half. Um, That's kind of long.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I guess it is long. Yeah, we were introduced through a friend.
1: Cool. Very happy about that. Aw, that's amazing. So, you mentioned a second ago that you read a lot of interviews with other entrepreneurs. Do you have any entrepreneur entrepreneurial heroes and heroines that you really look up to and admire um yes
0: other than my dad who I think is a hero of mine who is a hero of mine um well she's not an entrepreneur but somebody I really like look up to is Cecile Richards who's the president of Planned Parenthood um I think she is so brave and so bold and so fearless and has an amazing way of rallying people together and doesn't back down. And I feel like she's just somebody I really admire. Like, I just always think about anytime I'm personally challenged by what I'm doing or somebody's like putting up a wall where I'm trying to go through, I'm like, okay, she has, you know, she gets up every morning and has 100,000 walls in front of her. And she's just breaking them down.
1: Um, So she's like a big hero of mine. Cool. Anybody else that comes to mind?
0: I mean, I really... uh, Well, and she's kind of a friend, but Mickey Agarwal, who founded Thanks Underwear, the period underwear company, um, she's just... Again, like, you know, she deals with a lot of the same stuff that I do, but she perseveres, and she knows how to turn kind of taboos into like a really successful business and I think she's really been a leader in normalizing the conversation around periods yeah uh, so I think that's really cool
1: yeah she seems way cool and another really cool brand that's great that you guys are friends and can kind of support each other under not many people probably really understand what you're going through so that's great that you have that relationship yeah it's, I'm really lucky yeah So now I wanna ask you the questions that I ask everyone um, that comes on the show. So we talk a lot about body image and as a public figure and you know, just as a woman, is that something that you've ever struggled with and what kind of things do you do when you're having a bad body image moment to shift yourself out of that and, and get back to feeling confident?
0: Well, I probably have a different body image problem than other people you talk to in the sense that you know when i started working on sustain i got really conscious of like what i was wearing when i was speaking or doing interviews because i was nervous that if i was like wearing clothing that was too revealing that people would be like oh like mm. she's like the sex girl <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've kind of come out of that but I still struggle with that um, because of the stereotypes out there and I want to be taken seriously and so that's like the way that I struggle with it which is probably different than the answers you're used to
1: yeah that's really fascinating Um, that it makes totally makes sense that that would be something that you would think of and yeah it's so interesting I think that's not really something that comes up a lot when I talk about that or when I ask that question about, you know, what people are wearing um, and, like, how to dress for your body. But I think that's such a common thing. You know, yours is obviously, like, a very specific situational thing based on, you know, what you're doing and your specific company. But I know for me, like, depending on where I'm going and who I'm going to be with, I can get myself so stressed out about what I'm wearing and how I'm going to be perceived and I realize in that moment I'm not dressing for myself I'm dressing for what these people are going to think of me but at the same time I want to feel comfortable around them and so you want to dress in a way that you feel comfortable but it's also by doing that sometimes you're dressing for other people does that make sense yeah, of course. And so I think sometimes it's it's just good to know that we're not the only ones struggling with that and no matter what your career is, it's always something that you constantly are cognizant of as women probably way more so than men, you know, it doesn't really seem like that's an issue that men have as much. Would do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Of course.
0: I mean, that's yeah, it's a, it's another It goes back to just sort of like like what is what you're wearing say about you and all that
1: stuff. Totally. So as a total boss, what are some of your morning routines, some of the things that you do first thing when you wake up in the morning, the first few things maybe, and how that affects how the rest of your day goes?
0: Um, I'm really big on exercising first thing when I wake up. Um, I have like... I have to do it for myself and it helps me clear my head and I it usually just like also while I'm doing it which maybe isn't that good I sort of can like go down the list of things that I have to do that day um so that's a really important thing for me
1: what do you do uh, what kind of exercise do you do
0: um I do like Pilates or a bar class oh cool
1: <laughs> I love bar and Pilates do you do a yeah warmer? I can't.
0: I do. I can't, I can't run, like, I have, like, so many different ailments, but, so that's something that I really enjoy doing, plus I, like, don't get super sweaty, so I can, like, just go right to the office.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I know, I love that. You don't, you can just, no need to wash my hair, which takes me forever, so... Yeah, it's amazing. I, I do the same thing. Actually I think I saw I was like preparing for this interview today and I was watching some YouTube video and I was like, Oh my god, she's in a bar studio. I like her even more. Oh god. <laughs> yep, was... that was the early days. Really? Is was that old? I thought it was like a recent video. I think that must have been like a couple of years yeah. ago? Yes. Early. Well, early you days. looked amazing. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, What what about in the evening? What are some of your evening routines, some of the last few things you do at the end of the day to wind down um, and relax?
0: Well, something I really, I'm not like the best chef in the world, but when I'm home and I'm not traveling, I really like to cook um, because I don't check my phone. (laughs) So I can like put my phone away. I usually will come home, like start cooking, put my phone down for half an hour or 45 minutes um which really sort of like calms me down and then if I need to get back on my computer and answer some more emails, um, I just feel like I took a little bit of a break. And um I also make sure to always plug my phone in um and like take it away from myself around like eight thirty or nine PM um because I just feel like I don't want to keep answering emails at that point and I think it's like important to just like take a break from the screen. Um, because I know that if it's near me, I'm just going to like check it every two seconds. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I have my whole, like s- my new ish skincare routine because I didn't start like taking care of my skin until a couple years ago. But so I try and do all of that good stuff too. Um, nice. but it's, yeah, I mean, I really like, I think it's, really important at least for me to just like take a break from my phone and from my computer for at least an hour or two before I go to bed Mm -hmm. um, and not check it.
1: Yeah I've actually started turning my phone on airplane mode in the early-ish evenings like you said around eight and that's been really really nice and then it when I if I do choose to turn it on it's like a conscious thing that I have to go back and turn it off. Yeah, I mode.
0: think it makes, I sleep a lot better when I do that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been helpful. I think as an entrepreneur, it's hard to shut it off and, you know, just be a person and not connected with what you're doing. So in that same vein, then, um, how do you deal with stress? I mean, you probably have lots of different stressors in your life. Do you have any stress tips? Do you meditate? Do you, is there anything that you do? How do you deal with that?
0: Yeah, I practice transcendental meditation. Me too. Um, so I that is a very good way to regulate and de stress. Um, exercise helps me a lot as well. Um, that's why I like to try and do it as many days as possible. Um, but yeah, those two things like really help. I also love watching TV. <laughs> which actually really helps me like turn my brain off. Yeah. Um so I know it's not like the best thing for your health to sit in front of the TV, but I love watching TV. So
1: What are some of your favorite shows right now?
0: Um Game of Thrones just finished, which I was totally in love with and I think this was the best season yet. Um very into this very bad show on Bravo called Odd Mom Out, which I think
1: My mom loves that show. That's and so funny.
0: Yeah, I
1: have to – John Oliver, which we already talked about, he's like –
0: that's actually my number one show. Cool. Uh, He's my favorite.
1: Yeah, he's great. And that particular segment, I'll link in the show notes because I want everyone to watch it. It was really, really amazing.
0: Yeah, I actually sent him – a massive piñata filled with condoms. No way! Uh, to thank, thank him after that segment aired because a friend of mine actually like is one of the writers on the show. Oh, so that is was, so like, cool. So happy with him for doing that.
1: That is so cool. That's the coolest way to receive condoms I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um, so you mentioned before that you travel often. Do you have any travel tips or any just Anything there? I know we were laughing before the call because we had to reschedule a couple of times because you had some travel mishaps, but any travel tips for when things are going right or to stay calm when they don't?
0: Yeah. I mean, I the first year that I was starting Sustain, I was so sick because um, I was traveling all the time and I was just constantly getting sick. So, I mean, for me, I just hydrate as much as possible when I'm traveling. Um, I don't drink alcohol while I'm on the road just because that's something that really dehydrates you um, and, like, can hurt your immune system. I take tons of vitamins while I'm traveling um, and just make sure to, like, get plenty of sleep. I'm not great at all at exercising regularly while I travel, which is something that I want to get better at, um, but that will also help stay healthy on the road.
1: Yeah. Cool. So I wrote this book about journaling, which I would love to send you a copy. Um, and we can talk about that after, but I would love to know, have you ever been a journaler? Do you process your thoughts at all through journaling? Do you keep lists? Is that something that you've, that you do now or that you've ever done?
0: Yeah, I'm not a regular journaler. Um, I usually something that I've like both in work and my personal life been a lot more conscious of um in like the last five years I would say is learning how to reflect on a situation versus just reacting I'm a very reactive person um so a lot of times now if I'm in an argument with somebody whether it's somebody at work or whether it's my personal life I will like write down like basically like write them a letter as if I was going to send it to them right after the disagreement and um, that like really helps me sort of process my thoughts and then decide what pieces of that I actually do want to talk about when I collect all my thoughts and get into a calmer place.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. There's actually, so my book, it's 55 tools, 55 like journaling exercises and that's literally like one of them. So um, that's funny that you said that. I think that's such a helpful thing to do take yourself out of the situation a bit. Yeah, for sure. So let's do some quick fire questions. So just say like the first thing that comes to your mind. Cool? Okay. Favorite color? Black. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite day of the week? Friday. You're trapped on a deserted island and you can only bring with you one movie one book, one TV show season to binge watch, one person, one beauty item, and one food. So I can remember okay, those. So that was a lot of things. So movie? The first
0: one was movie, which is love story. Cool. My favorite movie. Um, you said book. Yep. I guess The Great Gatsby. Ooh, yeah. Or freedom, both are very good. Um, TV series, mm-hmm. probably Inside Amy Schumer. Nice. <laughs> um, what else was it? Food. Yep. Some type of ice cream, probably, yeah. probably Ben and Jerry's milk and cookies. Um, person, my boyfriend, and what was the last one? Beauty item.
1: You could go makeup. Oh, like you could go skincare. Kind of,
0: yeah, some sort of like, you know, cleansing wipe to
1: clean my face. Cool.
0: What has been? Or like- my electric tweezer actually—that's like my new favorite thing.
1: I would probably oh. bring. Wait, that. what? An electric tweezer?
0: Yes, it's going to be huge. Um, yeah, like instead of shaving or waxing. There's, it's called like an elapidator, um, but it's an electric tweezer. Oh my god! So I'm Googling actually, this I totally like right after it. this. That is definitely
1: what I would bring on the island. That sounds a mate. Does it hurt?
0: Yeah, it does. But it's I quick. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's not as painful as waxing, and you can like do it whenever you want, and like think about how much money you'll save. Right. So, it's, the
1: best. And it's probably not quite as painful as a regular tweezer because I feel like it'd be quicker. Right. Exactly. No,
0: it's 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 amazing I I like that if I
1: wish I'd invented it oh my gosh I'm like (laughs) yeah I can't wait to like google it after this that sounds amazing so what has been the best part of your day so far today the day we're talking
0: um the best part of my day so far has been going to my office my I work out of the same office as one of my best friends (laughs) so when i don't see her on the weekend the best part of my day is when i see her on monday morning oh that's fun yeah that's amazing
1: what was the best meal you've eaten recently like in the last week that sticks out
0: i was in maine this weekend and i had like the most amazing lobster so that was probably the best meal
1: i had Mm, amazing um what area of your life do you feel most comfortable in Like, what part of my life? Yeah.
0: With my family, like, that aspect of my life.
1: Cool. What's the proudest career moment you've had so far where you were maybe just, like, I've made it or I'm doing something good or something that sticks out to you today? Probably
0: the first time I saw my product on the shelf in a store, which was in San Francisco at Pharmaca in, like, August 2014 and I like did a photo shoot like of buying my product with my friend and it was hilarious and it was like I lost my mind.
1: Oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> I can kind of relate to that I have, I have, when I saw my book at the bookstore for the first time I did a photo shoot as well and probably looked super silly but it was amazing <laughs> Do you have any weird pet peeves? anything that really bugs you that people might not know yeah i hate when people chew ice ugh. <laughs> i hate when people chew hard candy so i can relate to that one too. Same, yeah same dynamic <laughs> yeah ugh. um okay so you're having a dinner party and you can invite five people who would you invite what would you cook slash what would you guys eat um, you don't have to cook it. And what do you hope someone would turn and ask you and you would want to talk about, and what do you really hope no one asks you that you just don't want to talk about?
0: Um okay. I would invite Obama, Gloria Steinem, Jay Z. Who else would I invite? um this is tough
1: beyonce oh Ruth Ginsburg oh yeah RBG um
0: I'd actually probably go be- uh Rihanna versus Beyonce in terms of like I think Rihanna's just like I love both um but she might not be my fifth RBG and Okay, I guess we'll just go Rihanna because I don't want to like wait for another five minutes. while I think <laughs>
1: that. if um, you really think of a better one, you can email me. We'll
0: we'll edit. I will would make roast chicken because do I have to make it?
1: You don't have to make it. Whatever you want, you could cater it.
0: Okay, well, I would make roast chicken because I love making roast chicken. Cool. Um, and then what would I want the
1: conversation to be about? Yeah, what do you hope someone asks you particularly about, and what do you hope that you just don't get asked about, that you just don't want, don't feel like talking about?
0: I mean, I hope somebody asks me about my business, and I don't want to talk about... what don't I want to talk about?
1: Maybe like STIs if you're like sick of it because you have to talk <laughs> yeah. about it on these.
0: Talk about my personal sex history. Yeah. <laughs> about that. Or I don't want to talk about uh, working with my dad on a condom company again. Yeah. yeah. talk about that all the time.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. What's the best advice that you've ever received or that you can think of?
0: The best advice is from my dad when he told me to... Reflect not react Which we sort of talked about already. Very
1: cool. It's important Can you think of a time that you've laughed really really hard or a time that you've laughed the hardest in your life or recently that just comes to mind?
0: Um, I can't think of like a specific moment. Um, I have actually this girl my friend that I have already mentioned that I work next to mm-hmm. she's like the funniest person in the entire world and I'm just like so grateful that I get to sit next to her every day because she's hilarious and she is she makes me laugh like basically like as hard as I've ever laughed almost every time I see her um so I'm very grateful to have her in my life
1: <laughs> and what was the other second question no that was it
0: that oh. was it
1: So, okay, so now just a couple more. I want to know some things that you would recommend. So do you have a movie that you've seen recently that was really good, or that's, like, a favorite movie of all time that you would just think that everyone needs to see? Anything you want to recommend there?
0: Well, I love the movie Love Story, and most people haven't heard of it or seen it. And I have, like, a huge crush, girl crush on Allie McGraw. She's, like, I think such a – awesome actress and beautiful person um so that would be my
1: recommendation I don't think I don't think that I've seen it when is it a pretty old movie yeah
0: it's probably like 1960s
1: oh cool all right I'm gonna watch
0: it because it's my it's the only movie I keep on my computer because I don't like to like keep a lot of movies on my computer because they take up space
1: but yeah cool hmm yeah I'll definitely watch it What about um, a book that you think that everyone should read or that you really, really enjoy or reread? Anything that you recommend there?
0: Yeah, I just read this really great book called Girls and Sex by Peggy Orenstein. Um, And it's just sort of like anecdotal data on talking to high school and college girls about their perceptions of sex and, you know, how they have sex or don't have sex. Um, and it's really, it's really important. I mean, I think it goes back to just starting this conversation around these topics, um, and making sure they're real conversations. Because I think even, even though I feel like, and a lot of people feel like there's a lot of progress being made in terms of like women and their sexualities, um, I think that there's still a lot more work to be done when you read about how. High school girls sort of understand sex.
1: Yeah, yeah, it sounds fascinating. So, what are you listening to right now? Do you have a favorite song of this summer, and or a favorite song of all time? Anything you can recommend there?
0: Ooh, favorite
1: song of all time is like a lot. That's a
0: lot, a lot. Uh, My favorite song right now is "Too Good" by Drake and Rihanna. Oh,
1: so good, cool. Do you listen to podcasts? Do you have any podcasts that? You like that you recommend to people?
0: I need to listen to more podcasts. I've, like, I think it'll be a good thing for me to do while I'm traveling. I listened, obviously, to the first serial um, podcast on This American Life, cool. but I haven't listened to that many more. I do, the one that I really like is also How Stuff Works. Um, oh, cool. That's one I've listened to a few of. So there was like, a two-part segment on how HIV and AIDS works. And, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, feel like I know a good amount about that disease, but it's really interesting how much depth they go into with all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, well, if you need suggestions, I'm your girl. I'm like I'm the podcast. I'm sure the king of queen of podcasts. Podcast connoisseur. Podcast ch- cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> the last question question. I guess it's sort of a question. As you know, the name of this podcast um, is Let It Out with me, Katie Delbout. So do you feel like you let it all out? Is there anything that you wish that I would have asked you? Anything else that you want to share or plug or promote? Anything else that you feel like we missed? Yeah, I want to promote my latest campaign, which is called
0: Get On Top. Um, So everybody should go to letsgetontop.com and pledge to practice safe sex cool and for every pledge i'm donating a condom to a young woman in
1: need oh that's amazing that's so cool well that link will be in the show notes along with everything else all your social media and how to find mika and sustain and thank you so much for being here you're really cool and down to earth and <laughs> i'm really really glad that i liked you and connected with you and you came on this podcast so i i it makes me like sustain even more so thank you so much for doing this and taking the time
0: Thank you so much for having me and for supporting the brand and for being part of this conversation.
1: Yay, cool. Well, this was this was such a blast, so thank you so much. Okay, wait. I just thought of another question, actually, that I really wanted to ask you Yeah. that has nothing, it's like totally a tangent, but I wrote it down on my little notes that I was taking here, and this is, goes way back up to what we were talking about earlier, but quick question. Do you have any advice for doing great marketing and marketing that really thinks outside of the box. I'm really interested in marketing in general and sustain is doing such creative things with it. Do you have any advice for entrepreneurs or people in general when it comes to marketing?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think the best type of marketing, um, not to plug my own campaign that I just talked about, the get on top campaign is to just do things that you really care about. Um, and, you know, buy for example, like for us, like I just want to start a conversation among women about sex and safe sex. And through that, I think that they will, you know, buy more condoms and then in turn, hopefully buy sustain. But I think it's really important to create a genuine relationship and conversation and community um, and build that community with that sort of relationship. So it's not always comfortable to put yourself out there, but you know, I realized that one thing that I struggled with um, as an entrepreneur in this space and that all women struggled with was sort of like just talking about sex. So I was like, I'm just gonna make a movie, a little video about like all my friends talking about sex and safe sex and why it's important. And hopefully that will inspire others and sort of like start a bigger conversation. So I think being really authentic to what you're trying to do and what you're trying to change, without you know just pushing your product all the time is a really important piece of marketing and the more fun piece in my
1: opinion yeah totally okay cool thank you so much for letting me ask a completely unsmooth transition (laughs) not at all at the point in the podcast that I probably should have because I really wanted to ask you that so anyway thank you for that and for everything and have a great night
0: Thank you so much. And yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, everybody.
1: Talk soon. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Mika Hollander. Tweet at me. Tweet at Mika. Let us know your thoughts. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any feelings on this episode, let us know. We want to hear from you. We'll tweet back. We'll talk back. And let's have a conversation. You guys are amazing. If you want to know who's coming up on the show next week, sign up for my email newsletter. That's the best way to find out. And you can hear more about my trip to Hawaii if you want and my trip to LA and just, you know, we can hang out. I might share my thoughts. Oh, I forgot a main thing I was supposed to say in the intro. I'll just say it right now and hopefully people are still listening. But listen, I should have really put this in the intro. It's okay, maybe I can record a little thing. Okay, the point is, I have this cool gift guide that I made it's kind of the greatest hits of the things that have been in my favorites this year over the last year and just beyond and things that I think might make cool gifts I just wanted to curate one because I thought it would be fun so if you want to get in on that you can it's you know it's just something I made for free that I want to share with you so the link to that will be in the show notes and I hope you like it love you guys bye